the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show Talk 910 KNEW. Thursday. Ah, the week's flying by, isn't it? It's always nice when the week flies by. Talk about in the first hour stocks, money, investments, Wall Street. If I were a sports show, I'd be telling you, you know, here's what happened last night. That's the basic idea of the first segment of this show is to kind of get into it almost as fast as I can. Some days I drag it out like I'm dragging it out right here, right now. Let's take a look um, at the financial issues of the day. Some things really, truly never change. And this is something that we count on on Wall Street. Yesterday was a standoff day on the market. It stayed close to unchanged in a very, very narrow trading range. So that was most of the session. Sellers snuck in a few orders just before the close. A few more orders than the buyers did. Wall Street's made up of buyers and sellers, winners and losers on a day-by-day basis. The follow-through selling interest wasn't all that significant. So it's probably going to take Friday's employment report to determine if there's been a sea change in sentiment. Are we now starting to think the stock market's going to go lower? Is this a permanent bias? Early inclination right now, it probably favors the buy side on Wall Street just by a skosh. Not by a lot, just by a skosh. A 4.8% gain in the Shanghai Composite Index. It's drawn a lot of the bullish bias So it can be said that traders have done 180-degree thinking, 180-degree swing on their thinking at this point in time. So what this basically means is when we go to bed, Wall Street goes to bed. We wait to see what happens on international markets. Whether we like it or not, China and the United States are probably joined at the hip economically speaking for years to come. So a 4.8% gain in the Shanghai Composite, it basically says, hey, we believe that the the selling's enough. The obsession with the Shanghai Composite, it's alive, it's well, even if it does cross what I would refer to as a silly line. China's economy is one-third the size of the United States. The market capitalization of the Shanghai Composite is about one-sixth the size of the NYSE Composite. So their stock market is tinier than ours, and their economy is one-third of ours. Yet for some reason, the market gets caught up in thinking that the global stock fortunes revolve around the Shanghai access at this point in time. I simply don't get it. Maybe I do. Market speculation is not unique to Shanghai. So it's, it's, we all do it. In other developments, today's a big day of retail sales numbers. So it's called the same store sales, SSS. So for month of August, it continues to come out. Basically, you've seen a lot of minus signs on the same store sales. The weekly initial claims report brought bad news. Let me give you an example of what we're seeing in retail sales. Ross, 
where you can buy incredibly cheap clothes at incredibly cheap prices, sales rose 6%. TJ Maxx, a stock that I own, same store sales rose 5%, where you can buy incredibly cheap clothes at incredibly cheap prices. Now, bucking the trend is Aeropostale. Their same store sales, SSS, rose 9%. But they're kind of a high-end clothing retailer for women with discretionary money. So some retail numbers don't look nearly as good as those three. Saks, same store sales down 19%. JCPenney, same store sales down 7.9%. Family Dollar, same store sales up 1%. So that's a decent number. Nordstrom, their sales down 7.6%. Target, down 3%. Abercrombie & Fitch, down 29%. BJ's Wholesale, down 6%. Macy, same store sales, down 8%. Gap, down 3%. Limited Brands, down 4%. So you can see that the retail sales numbers are pretty miserable. Our economy is based on the consumer. It's a consumer-driven economy. 70 to 80% of our economy at times is made up of the consumer. So if we're not spending our paychecks and buying clothes, we're going to retail, it ain't going to be a good stock market because the stock market is a reflection of the economy. So continuing claims. Okay, this is the other piece of news that came out there today. And this was bad news again. Continuing claims for unemployment or initial claims for unemployment, both of them come out at the same time, initial claims first, and then continuing claims is kind of at the bottom of the press release. Initial claims hit 570,000. That's about what we were expecting. Four-week moving average now sits at about 571,250 people. A lot of people are losing their jobs, and they lose their jobs, and they jump online. I don't know if you know this, but you can collect unemployment by getting online in the state of California, or you can go down to the unemployment office and, you know, file your claim there. So 570,000 people did an initial claim of unemployment. It's pretty rough out there. Continuing claims rose 92,000 to 6.23 million, 6.23 million, a little bit higher than expected. And again, it's telling you that not only people are they initially unemployed, then they're continually unemployed. The continual part is that they're not finding jobs. People that want jobs aren't finding jobs. Level initial claims and continuing claims, it's awful. It's awful, 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 awful. It's dreadful. Four-week average for both measures remains well above the peak of the last recession. Data is sobering reminded the labor market and consumer spending are going to be a drag on growth prospects going forward. I want to talk about something that I saw yesterday, a triangle. Ooh, a triangle. We're going to talk geometry. Sort of. Gold is breaking out right now. It formed a triangle since the middle of February, and it's consolidating its move to the 1,000 level since the middle of March. It's attempting to break out the consolidation and resume its uptrend. Action's very bullish. If you want to own ticker symbol GLD, that's the play on gold, GLD. I think um, a breakout above 1,000 could push it easily to 1,050 possibly to 1100 So I would put a stop loss right at 92 on gold. 92 on the GLD because it trades like gold, but it lops off a zero at the end of it. So 920 um, on gold. If you take a look at U.S. equities, and this is my strategic part of the show where I talk about gold breaking out, and then take a look a little further at strategery and equities yesterday showed action that was corrective in nature. Sharp sell-off on Tuesday, and then no kind of bounce on Wednesday. Yesterday's session closed near the lows. Gapping up this morning, mostly due to the strength of the Asian markets, could be a short-term trade, but I'm inclined to say the market's going to continue lower in the coming days and coming weeks. Expect further weakness later today. 
especially in financial stocks, who had a huge run, and people are ringing their cash register and doing a little profit-taking. One last thing that I want to talk about in the strategic part of the, the segment is yesterday's action in the Chinese Shanghai Composite. Every single stock in the Shanghai Composite was up, all 830 of them. Does that sound rational to you? It's a remarkable feat, and it shows that there's still speculative money sloshing around and looking for a home. Speaking of getting sloshed, I haven't mentioned that I'm the ambassador for Makers Mark Rum all that recently, have I? Index itself, the Shanghai Index, up 5% today. Extreme breadth readings. It's unusual. The breadth of the rally is huge. Again, all 830 stocks in the Shanghai Index up. I don't see that as a good thing. I see that as a bad thing. I see that as a bearish sign. So other stories of note today, there was some manufacturing data out this morning, the service sector of our economy. There's two sides of our economy, the services and the manufacturing. In the 1950s and 60s and 70s, we were a manufacturing-based economy. Now we're much more of a services-based economy. Keep in mind, at one point in time, we were farmers, and then we became manufacturers. Now we're more services. It's actually pretty good that we're no longer manufacturers because manufacturing jobs are pretty much so low pay. And they consume a lot of energy. So we pollute our environment, our direct environment. So it's in some ways, it's good that manufacturing jobs have gone to Mexico. In some ways, it's good that manufacturing jobs have gone to China because it's not our direct air. If you get where I'm going at with that. And also, the services jobs pay a lot more than manufacturing jobs. Now, any job's a good job for some people, but that's where I'm going at. Okay, so the services sector of the economy it contracted at a slower pace in August. That, that's the economic data that's out there. A reading came in at 48.4%, um, and it slipped down to 46.4%, and it was at 47% in June. Any number under 50 tells you that there's a contraction. Now, this is pretty close. It's pretty close. Um, but, yeah, it, the services part of our economy is still losing jobs. There's no doubt about it. The data showing us that. Natural gas today, there's a small story here. Natural gas inventories rose 65 billion cubic feet in the weekend of August 28th, in line with expectations. We've got 3.3 billion cubic feet now. Stocks are 489 billion feet higher this year than last year. So we got, th- I'm sorry, 3.3 trillion cubic feet of storage right now. And that's 489 billion cubic feet higher than last year. The price of natural gas is going nowhere. We've got too much of it. Well, maybe it'll go somewhere if there's a huge hurricane. Knocks oil off. Maybe it'll go somewhere if uh, President Obama pushes an energy platform that says we're going to go to more clean burning fuel, natural gas, than oil. That'd be good. But so far, no go. Um, Oracle and Sun Microsystems are in the news today. You know Oracle about Sun Microsystems. Sun Microsystems was a great Bay Area company in the 1990s. It was a strong Bay Area company in the 1990s. It had a six-pack ab. Not no more. So, um... European Union antitrust regulators said they want to further review Oracle's $7 billion acquisition of Sun. Sun is losing its luster. The it, sun's setting on the company, to, just to be quite honest, and use just a horrible pun. Oracle's purchase of Sun is going to lead to massive layoffs at Sun. Um, sun Microsystems, to me, what they were great in the 1990s. It's a lot like digital equipment was great in the late 80s, and then digital equipment, they are no more. 30-year mortgage. Still sitting in pretty low rates, 5.08%. Not too shabby. If you have a mortgage at 5.5%, 6%, 7%, phew, 
please strongly consider refinancing it. Bond yields pushed mortgage rates slightly lower this week. Low mortgage rates are helping to keep housing affordable. Seven of the top eight most affordable months, um, seven of the top eight most affordable months occurred during this year as far as housing affordability goes, which dates back to 1971. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm Rob Black. I talk money and investments. If you want to talk science fiction movies, we could do that. If you want to talk cars, eh, I'm not so good at cars. Next week, I'm going to talk a little sports because football season's picking up. I'm not going to talk about who's the best team. I'm going to talk about the financial issues of the teams. For instance, this year, the NFL is hitting a massive recession. You may not be able to watch your home team play football because if this team doesn't sell out, it's blacked out of television. And that's going to be a big issue. Big issue this year for people who want to watch the home team. The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Rob Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. It's Rob Black show. I'm Rob Black. Um, I think my first segment of the show is my favorite because I get to talk about the stock market. It's what I do really, really well. Second segment, not so good. <laughs> not so good. Because that, at that point in time, I'm starting to reach for content to connect the dots. And I think I'm pretty good at connecting the dots. For instance, the ECB, also known as the European Central Bank, they are projecting growth in the 16-nation eurozone next year. They're seeing the midpoint up two-tenths of a percent growth versus an earlier prediction of down three-tenths of a percent contraction. So what's that mean? They are led the ECB by a guy named Jean-Claude Van Damme Trichet. He's the ECB's president. He said rates are appropriate, and he said the period of contraction is over. Economic uncertainty is still high. But it's not getting worse. So for those of you gloom and doomers, party's over. You had your opportunity. Hopefully you rang the cash register when people were panicked. Because gloom and doom's over for now. Will it come back? Hell yeah, it'll come back in your lifetime. There'll always be um, a, a wall of worry. It'll be inflation. It'll be deflation. It'll be obsessions, depressions. It'll be dictators this, nuclear bombs that, oil at this price, oil at that price. There's always going to be a wall of worry, so get used to it. One day I'll do a show called Last 30 Years of Wall of Worry, and I'll show you that every single year we've had an issue that we've had to climb over and, and, and deal with. It's just the way media works. It's just the way Wall Street works. Capitalism works pretty damn well. And what I mean by that is, whether you like it or not, our economy is capitalist-based, and Wall Street just had a pretty good quarter. Why? Because when things got tough and demand dropped, Wall Street fired people. They trimmed the fat. They right-sized. They downsized. Now, I'm not liberal in any way, shape, or form. I think I'm maybe fiscal conservative, and I want less government. That probably makes me a libertarian, but I would never vote for a libertarian because I find them goofy and flaky. With that said, that's all the politics you're getting out of me for today. Um, 
there's always going to be a wall of worry. And I like capitalism in the United States. I invest a lot of my money in the United States based capitalism. I believe in it. When things get good and profits go up, Wall Street will get greedy. Capitalism will get greedy and we'll hire people back. But it's going to take two or three years for that to happen before we start talking about, hey, everyone's got a good job. We're talking depressed job market for two years. We don't need them right now. There's no demand. So, and companies don't want to lose money and owners don't want to lose money. So they're firing whoever they can fire. They're getting rid of whoever's fluffy. So the ECB basically says today, the contraction's over. If you are super negative on the market, your golden day is passed. It'll come again. It will come again. There's another report out today by the OECD. OECD. Any any clue who that is? I know there's so many freaking companies and so many freaking uh, informations bureaus out there. The global recession is ending, so says the OECD. So not one, the European Union saying it, but now two, the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. They say the recovery may even prove a little stronger than previously predicted. Uh, OECD Chief Economist Jorgen Elmoski, he said in an interview today that he elaborated on the forecast for several key economies. Uh, economies. He says, um, compared with expectations a few months ago, we now have a recovery which may be coming a little earlier and maybe slightly stronger because financial conditions have improved a little bit more rapidly than we assumed a few months ago. They are seeing the United States in the 16-country eurozone led by its two largest economies, Germany and France, as returning to expansion of economic output. Forecasts are showing an annualized expansion of about 1.6%. In the United States in the third quarter, three-tenths of a percent in the Eurozone, and 1.1% in Japan. Quite a bit of dramatic turnaround. So again, if you think things are going to get worse, your golden days passed. Right now, you got to be working in a market-neutral, market-slightly-up scenario, not market-negative. Let's go to phone calls. Let's go to Carla in Walnut Creek. Hello. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. I was wondering if you could recommend either a book or magazine that is very easy to understand uh, when learning about stocks, terminology, just like the basics. Um, My husband uh, gets IBD, and that's just too heavy for me and too boring. So that's why I'm calling you. Good question. Why do you, let me ask you, Carla, why do you care? Why do you want to know about stocks? Well, I love learning, and um, the older I get, the more I, I guess, conservative fiscally I am. I'd like to, you know, make, I don't know, I just want to know what's going on with the retirement. I want to know what's going on with everything. Um, You know, he does a lot of this stuff, but I want to be in on the action, too. Uh, I want to know. I just, you know, I want to be able to uh, be a woman in control, I guess. I have three small children, and if anything were ever happened to him... I want to be able to know what to do with um, our investments and stuff. So. Okay. Well, first, yeah. first and foremost, if anything ever happens to him, contact me. Um, because I have a big heart, especially for women who lose husbands earlier than they should go. Um, my mother was in your scenario. She trusted the man to do all the financial hunting and gathering. And when he died, she had to be brought up to speed. Fortunately, she had a lot of kids to help her out. Um, when you say you want to know about stocks, do you want to know about money or do you want to know about stocks? No, I guess it's more maybe um, money and, uh, like I said, just uh, basic building blocks of terminology of, 
you know, with you know, some stocks, some financing terms. But so, I guess I don't know if that helps, but yeah. Sure. Okay. First and foremost, um, I'm going to go over all my basic books for you right here. There's there's seven ideas, and if you miss this because I'm talking too fast, later on today you can go to nine ten kenew dot com and re-listen to this part of the show, the thirty minute mark of the first hour. Um, okay. First and foremost, every morning I think the Wall Street Journal is a great read. It's well written um, by people with college degrees. It's not like the Chronicle. It's not you know superfluous. It's it's pretty well written. Um, it's I think a hundred and ten dollars subscription per year. You're, again, it, it it deals with all things financial though, and there's there's parts of it that'll deal with financial planning. There's parts of it that'll deal with the stocks. There's parts of it that deal with Joe Morgenstern who who reviews movies. He's the greatest movie reviewer in the nation, in my opinion. Um, so that there's some basics there. I mean, it's a good solid paper. It's I think the best paper in the nation. Next, I would say if you want something that's kind of business news light, there's a magazine called Business Week. Um, they've got a great online um, free website, businessweek.com. Uh, Forbes, I think they do a very nice job of saying, you know, China's growing at 7%. Should you be invested? It's it just kind of asking you the question and treating you with respect, Carla, that you're intelligent. Um, I don't like Investor's Business Daily. To me, that's a great Mac, uh, newspaper if you're going to be day trading, if you're going to be trading stocks. Um, I think they position themselves as that. I don't think it's terribly well written. Um, but it's useful if you're going to be in and out of positions. Financial Times is like the, um, and you can find the Financial Times, ft.com, ft.com online. It's like the Wall Street Journal, but it's from a European perspective. Uh, and I like that because I think sometimes in America we get caught up in the flash and, and glitz. Now, as far as investing, let's switch to that side of the book. The best, the best thing that you can get, Carla, for you to understand money, it's a book called The New Rules About Money by a guy named Rick Edelman. Um, the New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman. His last name's E-D-E-L-M-A-N. He was just named the financial planner of the year. He's number one financial planner of the year. I've been endorsing this guy for 10, 15 years now. I hate him personally. He looks like Larry Ellison. He's got one of those beards that looks like a cat can lick off if you put a little milk on it. It's cheap. It, 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 it's, 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 it's a goofy beard. I don't like it. But he, his book, has it's 88 chapters, and each chapter is maybe one, two, three pages, and it's broken into insurance. It's broken into investments. It's broken into women. It's broken into you know other categories. You know, Should you buy or lease a car? It's 88 chapters, and if you get that and you put that on your your um, toilet, and every time you have yeah. a bowel, you, every time you have a bowel movement, you read one chapter. In about a month, unless you're diuretic, then in about two weeks, you're going to have all the financial knowledge that you need. I should read it. Heidi should read it. You should read it. Everyone, high schooler, should read it. Now, in the 88 chapters, I don't like 20 of them. 60 of them are pretty good. Five or six, I'm I'm apathetic on. But that's going to bring your knowledge base up to the point that you're you're good. He was named the financial planner of the year, number one financial planner. And what's interesting about it, in that that ranking, some of the financial planners have minimums of five hundred thousand. Some of them have minimums of a million dollars. He's got the lowest minimum, so he's really helping people like you, people like me, normal people, people like Gil Gross, who's just a weird, weird person. So, um, so the new rules about money by Rick Edelman. Next thing that I'm going to comment on, if you want to learn a little bit about investing, I want you to take your time on it. I think it's really important that you take your time. And there's a good book called Neff on Investing. A guy's name is NEFF. 
Nephon Investing, and he, he ran one of the most successful mutual funds of all time. The first half of the book is about his childhood and how he was poor. Take the first half of the book, rip it out, burn it. Second half of the book is how he picks stocks. I think he has a very logical, well-based approach to stocks. Next person that I want you, next book that I could talk about, Five-Minute Investor. I know it sounds stupid, but again, we're just going to get you primed on the basics so that you can have the tools to understand when I'm talking about price to earnings, price to sales, price to you know uh, margin, gross margin, uh, net margins, uh, financials. You got to learn a little bit about this. So the Five Minute Investor, you can get at Amazon.com. There's another book called Magic Numbers. And what I like about Magic Numbers is it shows you cash flow. It says, here's a term cash flow. And then they show you WorldCom and how the cash flow, they didn't have cash. And that's where we should have saw that they had problems. Their cash flow was problematic. They had these great earnings and these great revenues. But in between revenues, which is top line, and earnings, which is bottom line, cash is one of those financial metrics that you got to look at. And the cash flow was telling you there was a red flag. I didn't see it. I own WorldCom. I made money on WorldCom. I had a discipline to sell it when I had to. So Magic Numbers, I think, is pretty good because it gives you a statistic or a data point, and it shows you how it worked in the real world. Then there's a book that goes back to the 1930s called Graham and Dodd. And ultimately, Warren Buffett, the greatest investor of all time, studied Graham and Dodd. And they learned, he learned a lot from how to analyze value stocks. Now, the Graham and Dodd, I'm going to be quite honest with you. If I saw you reading it, you're the most unattractive person in the world because it's nerdy. It's hardcore financial, boring. It's not fun. But if you really want to learn it, those are like eight sources that I think if you pick up those eight sources later on in life, you can pick up like a Peter Lynch book. Those are cute. Um, Maverick investing. You know, there's, there's all sorts that are out there, but those are the eight that I really recommend. I think they stay close to your heart. I think they, they're good, solid content, and I don't think they'll get you into a lot of trouble. Um, anyway, with that said, I'm going to boogie on out and head to break. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show. Talk 910 KNEW. It's Talk 910 KNEW. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Hi, I'm Glenn Beck. Coming up at noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. So I met with my program director yesterday, who strangely enough sounds like Nixon. He does a lot of that stuff. You got you to do more for the numbers. Basically, what I got out of it is he wants me to be more personable and wants me to tell you more about my life and how my drive-in stinks because 80% of you are drive-in stinks. Um, there's a lot of thought that goes in this whole radio thing. Sometimes a little bit too much thought, in my opinion. Um, I work at the greatest company. This is the greatest radio studio that I've ever worked at. I'm thoroughly, thoroughly happy. And he's a pretty good boss to work for. But um, it is really funny that how much you can overthink radio. Uh, talk about your commute because everyone's commute's bad. Here's what I want to do. Just show you about me and my mindset. I want to be the last person over the Bay Bridge tonight when it closes at 8. I want to go across at 801 just in case while they're fixing it this weekend, if it all collapses and goes away, I could be famous. Or as my mother said, one day, Rob, you'll be infamous. Later on, I, I learned that that was an insult. Speaking, well, I'm not going to tell you that story yet. I was going to tell you the story about how my middle name. I'll tease that for another day. No one knows my middle name. I don't tell people my middle name for a reason, but I will tell them the middle name in a 
and a story tied towards it at some point in time so that you can trust me and get to know me. Okay, um, let's take a look at an email. Because I, I... You got a message. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! What the hell is email? What's this? A letter for me. You got mail, baby, yeah! This is what's wrong with America. This email coming up. It's from a woman named Wendy. Dear Rob, my husband and I enjoy your program, but we really get irritated when people call in and basically want handouts for the results of their own poor decision making. Whatever happened to starting out an apartment condo, as your earning and savings allow, you can buy something else. And if you work really hard, live below your means, which in our case meant buying our retirement home with just one income. Making a 55% down and still expect to pay the 30-year loan in 11 years due to the amount we were given that would make this happen. We have fun in life and enjoy nice things, but we do not buy what we don't need, want, or are willing to pay for. Are we dinosaurs? And when I got my FICO score, I must hit my head on the cathedral ceilings. Life can be good, even in hard times. It just takes discipline and planning. Please don't forget to applaud the people that do everything right. Wendy. Wendy, I hate you. Why? Because if everyone does everything right, then my show goes away. So I don't want people to do things right. I want people to make financial mistakes and become losers. And as they become financial losers, suddenly I look more attractive. Women go, he has a job. Ooh, he's big and strong. No, no, no. Uh, I guess her email has some merit to it that, you know, at times it does get frustrating to hear people make mistakes. But I'll tell you this. Our system fails us. Our system fails us aggressively. Our government fails us. Our government doesn't oversee stockbrokers who, you know, fly to Mexico every couple of weeks because they're putting you in crappy American funds that have 5.5% loads. Our system fails us. Our government fails us. And our financial education is just awful. I'll come to an elementary school and talk to kids about money. I'll come to a high school and talk to kids about starting businesses and, and, and um, how to, you know, do their 401k. Like if you're a Starbucks kid... You're working at Starbucks, do the 401k there. Start learning about money. You don't have to be smart and you don't have to hit a home run. You just got to learn the process because it takes time to get good at this art. Not a science, it's an art. So anyway, back to her saying, are we dinosaurs? Yes, you are dinosaurs. And for the record, I think putting 55% down on a home is a bad idea. So you, as arrogant as you are talking about others' financial misfortunes, you are making mistakes. Just my opinion. Again, I like that you live below your means. I find that sexy. I find that attractive. I like that you bought a retirement income, a home on one income, but I don't like that you put 55% down. So, and getting your FICO score and hitting your head on the cathedral ceilings, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Next email comes to me from a person named Goozer. Now, yesterday I mentioned a beautiful email, and uh, it was just well-written. It's like, we found a dog on the beach, called the phone number. The son said, my dad can't afford the dog anymore. It was just a really poignant, soft, nice email. This one uh, plays off of that. It goes two haikus, one about Chad, financial planner is a regular on this show, and one about me. He says, figure out which one's which. Puffy stock genius, prevent my cat food diet, tough love truth talker. Okay, that's clearly about me. It said the word puffy. For the record, I'm no longer puffy. I'm now sunburnt. So next one is obviously going to be about Chad, because we know the first one was obviously about me. Goozer, you're not subtle in any way, shape, or form. But second haiku, small man with large boat, financial planning for fee. Can't keep answers short. 
Okay, the first one's better than the second one. But uh, a woman named Lena, many, many, many years ago when I was leaving a radio show, wrote me a couple haikus, and I thought that was... Lena is the queen of haikus. If I had those, I'd dig those out. But needless to say, I don't have them because I can't dig them out. Okay, um, YouTube. This story is starting to get out pretty aggressively. One of my favorite things that I like to do when I get home is I watch the first 10 minutes of Attack of the Show. Attack of the Show is a show that's on G4. It's got a goofy guy and a beautiful woman, Olivia Munn. And the first 10 minutes, they they go over the top five internet web gems of the day. Now, there's multiple shows that do this. Web Soup does it. All sorts of shows do, you know, the top five YouTube videos of the day. I don't actually like go to YouTube to find out the top five. I want a TV show to show me the top five. I don't know what that's all about, but that's what it's all about. And, you know, move over keyboard cat is the whole idea. So I watch Attack of the Show. I watch the top five videos, and then I, I start cooking dinner or something along those lines. But YouTube is starting to do something a little bit different other than just the oddball videos. And if you haven't seen the keyboard cat Pretty funny. It's pretty funny what people are willing to do with their time. Um, YouTube, it's starting to get out there that this was a story in the journal yesterday, but there's another story today, and that's why I'm doing this. They're going to do movie rentals. Lionsgate, Sony, Warner, they're in talks with YouTube to offer premium movie rentals on a time-limited streaming basis. Details are sketchy at this point in time. Price of a movie rental would likely be $4, which is the same price Apple charges. But by contrast, iTunes customers can download movies and watch them without a broadband connection. Um, Why is that important? Well, if you own shares of Netflix or Amazon.com who also do movie rentals, it could be important. Now, today in Business Week, remember earlier in the show, uh, Carla asked me, good, good websites, good books, good magazines to buy. I said Business Week's one. Business Week this morning, I click on my Business Week link, and I sure enough see a second story talking about how YouTube, they've raised the notion that they're going to charge $3.95, month, uh, $3.95 per movie to rent a movie, same rate as Apple's iTunes stores. Um, the deal, if it gets put in place, it's going to take about three to four months to put in right around Christmas time. Google's YouTube in direct competition with Apple, but also with online movie rental services, Netflix and Amazon. It would also, for the first time, allow YouTube to begin charging consumers for its content. However, sources said talks are at the very early stage and don't look for a formal announcement for the next three to four months. Is that the, uh, that's the, the keyboard playing cat. Can we get a little bit more of that? <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, with that said, that's a story that's out there today. And, uh, you know, the keyboard playing cat's cute. The, the, the videos of people having epic failures where they try to skateboard over something, they fall and break their leg, break their arm. They're funny, and we laugh at those for sure. But YouTube could actually grow up to be a service that we like. I don't know if you know this, but you can watch, like, for instance, I like an artist named Regina Spector, and she just released an album. And I went to YouTube, and I watched all 11 songs, all 11 songs. Someone's recorded them and put them on YouTube, and she gets a piece of the action Artists get some money when the record label puts the videos up, and that's kind of cool. Now, it's not a lot of money, but it's money nonetheless. So with that said, YouTube is functional, but it's not totally embedded in my daily needs of movie rentals. And I think they're, they're trying to get there. Let's talk about one last story that's out there that's really showing you a reflection on the economy. Let's do this when we come back from break, because we've got to do one more break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about soccer. We're going to talk a little bit about debt. 
and soccer. It's good. Stay with me. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black's show. I'm Rob Black. Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1-800-345-KNEW. Tomorrow, I'm going to have funny man Will Durst on the show. First hour, second hour. Second hour. Funny man Will Durst from 11 to 12. And he's one of those people that you just, you can throw softballs at him. Not literally throw softballs at him. When you go see him in a comedy and he's a San Franciscan, don't throw softballs at him. But you could say Obama and he'll talk for five minutes. You could say Bush, and I'll talk for five minutes. So it's easy for me. I just got to have I have to come up with 20 words between now and tomorrow. So my second hour is taken care of. Fridays are clearly the shows that I, I stretch my legs the most on. Now, there's a story out there that I found today about Argentina and soccer. And this ties back into what did the global crisis do and what what do we need to know about it? First and foremost... Before we even go into Argentinian soccer, let's talk NFL. This year, Jacksonville Jaguars, their season ticket base is going to fall by over 40%. Jacksonville, it's no surprise. It's in Florida, and it's no surprise that Florida's in a massive real estate recession. So every home game for Jacksonville, if they don't sell out, they're not going to be able to watch any home games on television in Jacksonville. It's called blackout. It's one of the rules that the NFL has in place. This is the biggest recession the NFL's had to deal with in the history of the NFL, as tied towards television contracts. A lot of people are going to be really bitter and really upset. Now, we here who live in the Bay Area, we know the Oakland Raiders are never on television and their home games because they never sell out their home games unless it's a Monday night game. So we're used to it, but the rest of the nation, not so much. Now, it's not just the United States who's smarting from this global recession slash credit crisis. Argentina. Listen to this. A heavy debts have forced the postponement of the start of the Argentinian soccer season. Soccer is as much of a religion in Argentina as religion is. And it's our tribal Brazil. Little ole ole. <laughs> if you've never been to an international soccer match, you got to go. So San Jose Quakes are good, but international soccer are much more. So... Actually, this reminds me once. I was on a boat going from Ireland to France. And I had a guy, basically, it was right after college. I had a European girlfriend, and she was wearing red. And I was with the Irish as the World Cup was going on. And the Irish were traveling over from Ireland to obviously get to Italy for the World Cup. And long story short, my my European girlfriend got basically seduced by all these Irishmen drunks who were singing to her on the boat as we're driving across to um, France, as we're, you know, motoring across. What was interesting about it is, you know, it's a 20, 20 hour boat ride. It's a long boat ride. Now there's those of us who were wealthy coming out of college, not me. And the people who were wealthy, they got like beds. They slept during that boat ride, but everyone else, like the soccer fans and me and my chick, we stayed in the bar for 20 straight hours. And it was kind of funny because Irish people sing, they, Irish people know, basically every song on the planet they don't know the words but they know every song so they can get through half of it then they start mumbling 
Anyway, they started singing Lady in Red to my friend, and uh, I wasn't too happy about that. And all you had to do to change the songs was say, ole, ole, and the whole boat would roar, ole, 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 ole. So anyway, it's a go-to, but now I totally digress. It's the easiest song to sing in the world, isn't it? There's one word in the lyrics. Um, Soccer, much of a religion in Argentina, as Catholicism is. Um, ultimately what they've done is it's beyond belief that the August 14 opening day of the main league competition, the prime league, that's like their NFL. It's, it's not like college. It's, it's the prime thing. Premier A. It's going to pass without a ball being kicked. The Argentine Football Association, the game's governing body in the country, has postponed indefinitely all games in the Premier A along with the second and regional divisions because estimated $300 million in debt, $180 million is thought to be owed by 20 teams alone. So I throw that out there. In large part, things are getting kind of wacky out there. And uh, there's only one sport that's bigger than the NFL internationally. It's soccer. And you can look at the contracts of some soccer players. They're bigger than the biggest contracts in the NFL. So it's worthy of note that the global uh, financial crisis is, is hit pretty aggressively. Speaking of crisis, let's bring it back home. Let's go from Argentina and bring it back home. Consumer bankruptcy filings in the United States rose 24% in the month of August on a year-over-year basis. 119,000 of you people filed bankruptcy last month. It's actually a little bit higher, 119,874. Consumers continued to take bankruptcy as a shield, obviously from sustained financial pressures of today's economy. As a result, more than 1.4 million Americans are going to file bankruptcy this year. This is serious. You've got 40 years to save for retirement, and bankruptcy wipes you out. The August figure was an increase over the prior year, but it was down from July. So maybe bankruptcies are starting to slow a little bit. In July, 126,000 Americans filed for bankruptcy. Again, that's a stunning number. 1.4 million Americans are going to go bankrupt this year. And they're going to have to pay for it over time. It's not optional. It's not, op- it's not the number one thing that you want to be doing because it resets you to zero. And you only got 40 years to accumulate wealth. Now, actor Stephen Baldwin, he's going bankrupt. Can we even call him an actor? I don't think so. Um, Lenny Dykstra, former ball player, he's going bankrupt. Marcus Klinko, famous photographer, going bankrupt. So you're in good company. And uh, if that's where you are, that's where you are. Let's take a break here. Coming up next hour, more Rob Black, more Talk 910 Kenny W goodness. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon. On Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.